0: This is Pure Murders and Mysteries. Let's talk murder.
1: Welcome back to Pure Murders and Mysteries. I'm Jasmine. I'm Lindy. I'm Brad. In this episode, we'll be talking about the kidnapping and murder of Adam Walsh and the theory that it was actually Jeffrey Dahmer who killed him and not Addis tool, another very well-known serial
0: killer. Before we cross the crime scene tape, I want to let everyone know that Pure Murders and Mysteries is brought to you by PureFandom.com. Pure Fandom is filled with some amazing writers who bring you the latest information on movies and TV fandom that you love. Please keep in mind that this episode deals with true crime, violence, adult topics, and may not be suitable for all listeners. Now that we have that taken care of, let's talk murder.
2: So we'll be giving you all the basics on the kidnapping and the murder of Adam Walsh and why the killing was attributed to Otis Tool. the theory about Jeffrey Dahmer being the, the real killer, and then some even wilder theories about the Adam Walsh case. So I want to point out that our main source for this episode was an article written by David Smiley and Arthur J. Harris of the Miami Herald. And we will actually link to that article in the Pure Fandom article where we'll have this posted. Um, if you are interested in this at all, especially the theory surrounding Jeffrey Dahmer, we highly recommend that you check out this article because it'll go into way more detail than we have time to, but it's it's a really good article and we'll actually be talking more about Arthur J. Harris at the end of this episode too.
0: Yes. And I actually have another article that we're going to link in there too, which is mm-hmm. a lot of stuff from Arthur J. Harris. And I guarantee at some point in time, I'm going to call Otis. Uh, see i already did it I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna call otis otis so there we go just i'm getting that out of the way right now
1: you should just call him tool because that's what he
2: is i should
0: just do that yes. tool mm-hmm. all right yeah. okay let's go
1: <laughs> okay so we'll start with the basics the murder of kidnapping of adam walsh adam was the son of john walsh and rave drew John Walsh is actually the creator of America's Most Wanted. He started it in 1988 after his son was kidnapped and killed. John and Ravey led efforts to establish the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, which opened in 1984. On July 27, 1981, six-year-old Adam Walsh and his mother went to the Sears department store in Hollywood, Florida. Ravey left him with a group of other boys playing an Atari video game in the store while she went to go shop for a lamp. Um, and it's really sad because Adam is consistently referenced as a freckled young boy.
2: Yeah, you've and- probably seen pictures of him um, because he's the, the gap toothed or mm-hmm. kid with the baseball bat. I mean, he was only six. Pretty much everyone would probably recognize the photo, but just maybe not know who he is. Also, I'd like to say the fact that she left him. They're playing a video game. It was like a little video game kiosk is not that odd, especially for nineteen eighty one. And she really wasn't gone that long. I wanna point that out.
0: Oh no, that's not odd at all for nineteen eighty one. No. In fact, I could tell you in the late seventies, I well not the late the early seventies, when I was like <laughs> six years old, I literally rode my bike five miles into town
1: <laughs> while
2: oh, my, my mom God.
0: was at work, you know? They just kinda yeah. let me do my thing. Right. I didn't die. It's amazing. <laughs>
1: Yeah, for sure. And even when I was younger, my parents were just kind of like, do whatever you want. We'll see you at dinner time, Right.
0: Street lights Mm -hmm. on. You better be home.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. 12.15 p.m. Reve returns to find Adam missing. The mall security guard tells her that the group of boys that Adam was with started fighting over the video game and he told them all to leave the store. The security guard thought Adam had gone with the other boys. And I want to add here that um,
2: I guess later Ravee had said that she told the security guard, like Adam was a shy boy. He mm-hmm. wouldn't have spoken up and said like, Hey, no, I'm not, I'm not with these boys. Like my mom's somewhere else. He probably would have just done what the security guard said and just like left the store without speaking up. And the security guard, I mean, he has to freaking
1: feel so bad, but he mm-hmm. thought that he was with this group of boys after a 90-minute search of the mall, the police were called and Adam was reported as missing. The 90-minute search, by the way, was frantic. Both Revae and Adam's grandmother just combed the entire mall. And the mall security guard did multiple like, page overs and still nothing. After that, the search went on for two weeks until Adam's severed head was found in a drainage canal by two fishermen in Vero Beach. The beach is 120 miles away from Hollywood. The remains were positively ID'd as Adam's. It was determined that he died of asphyxiation and his beheading was done post-mortem, which, thank God, his body was never found, though. Mm. The Adam-Walsh case is considered a closed case, and John and Reve accept and agreed that prolific serial killer Otis Toole was their son's kidnapper and murderer. But oh. their acceptance and agreement doesn't mean that they agreed with how the investigation went as a whole. John and Rave say that the investigation was botched. The Hollywood PD has even apologized for the myriad mistakes made in Adam's case. And I say myriad because there's a lot that went awry in the case. We'll go over them later. But just as one example, the police lost the bloodstained carpet from Tool's car, the machete allegedly used to decapitate Adam, and eventually the entire goddamn car. <laughs> yeah. I, I just don't understand how you lose it, it was impounded. It's fine. Several eyewitnesses who say they saw suspicious things at the mall on the day of Adam's murder also contacted the police afterwards, but no one ever followed up with them. We'll get into the mishaps of the investigation more later in the episode.
2: Yeah, it was, I mean, when you have the police chief, like the police force actually apologizing for messing it up. I mean, at least they admitted it, but it's just sad. It's Mm -hmm. really sad. and, And like Jasmine said, we'll get into it more later, but... The person that was considered to be Adam's killer, his name was Otis Toole. So if you've never heard of him, a lot of you may have heard of him because he's a pretty prolific serial killer. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, You'll hear his name often with Henry Lee Lucas. So they were rapists, arsonists, murderers cannibals, they killed men, women, and children, and they killed in many different ways, and a lot of times for no reason at all. I mean, anybody, they were drifters, and anyone who got in their way or they just felt like killing, they killed. Um, So, Tool himself was raised in Jacksonville, Florida. So he was kind of from the area. He was a victim of incest and assault by his close relatives as a kid. His mom dressed him up like a girl and called him Becky. He has an IQ of 75. He's had, he has ADHD. He's illiterate, dyslexic. He's sexually aroused by fire. I forgot the scientific word for that. Um, <laughs> he started visiting gay bars in the ninth grade. So that that's just like a little bit about, you know, mm-hmm. him. That's like this the serial killer ingredients there. Um, (laughs) Oh God. I mean, he never had a chance. Mm -mm. Not that that excuses him murdering a bunch of people, but no, but it's not helping. (laughs) No, it didn't help. Mm -mm. So um, yeah. So he teamed up with Henry Lee Lucas in 1976. They actually met at a soup kitchen and it was like love at first sight. They were super compatible. They both liked murdering people. And for really an unknown Period of time, kind of they they went across Florida, Texas, and God knows where else. And they they their kills are somewhere between six and sixty five. Although at one time, Tools said that he and Lee killed about one hundred and three people. But the thing with these two people is they would they would say they killed people and then recant. They gave mm-hmm. false confessions all the time, and nobody could ever really confirm how many people they killed. But either way, it was definitely dozens.
0: See now, also in after his arrest in 1983, the he also claimed. Well, Henry Lee Lucas, I believe, also claimed that he said he killed like as many as like 600 people. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's you know, Okay, sure. <laughs> you got to get up there. Yeah. Got to get on the board.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think with him and and Henry Lee Lucas, them it was kind of a mix between wanting to kind of be known for and like f- the claim to fame of all the murders, and then also, I mean, other people have done this in the past, claiming to have murdered somebody to get better prison conditions. Right. I guess mm-hmm. they could kind of barter with that stuff. So Otis Tool was really known for doing this. So. His confession about Adam came in 1981. So police didn't officially count him as the murderer until 2008, though, which is 27 years after Adam's death. And just to note, Tool died in 1996 from liver failure in prison. So Otis said that he abducted Adam from the South Florida Mall, beheaded him. Oh, this makes me sick. Okay, beheaded him, burned the body and scattered it in a Jacksonville city dump. Um, He actually said that when he took Adam, he wanted to. His intention was to, like, keep him. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know for what specific
1: purposes. But I think I read somewhere that he wanted to keep him as an adoptive son because he <sighs> himself had such a fucked up uh, family history. But because Adam had such a good relationship with his parents, it didn't work out. And that's <sighs> when it turned.
2: Freaks me out,
1: mm-hmm. but he's,
2: but um, Otis said that he accidentally hit Adam in the abdomen or something to make him be quiet because he was annoying him. This is a quote from, from one of the articles that we'll link to in the post um about the confession. So Tool said he struck Walsh after the boy asked to be taken back to the mall. He discovered Walsh was dead an hour later and decapitated him with a machete, throwing the head into a creek. Tool said he suffered the stuffed the body into a discarded icebox after reaching Jacksonville, cannibalized the body before burning it, and spreading the remains at a city dump the next day.
1: <gasps> yeah. Oh. What's really oh. really interesting though about this is that Tool is not consistent with the way Adam how Adam looked the what he was dressed what he did to Adam's body Mm -hmm. what even went missing right Mm -hmm. yeah there are several
2: issues so before we get to some of the issues with Otis um being the killer there Mm -hmm. were I do want to say because we are going to get to Jeffrey Dahmer and why Jeffrey Dahmer may be a more likely person who had murdered him. But there were a lot of witness statements that pointed to Audis that we can't discount. So there was William Missler um, who told the investigators beginning in 1991 that he was at the mall the day of Adam's abduction and saw a tool with Adam. He also saw tools, black and white Cadillac, and he was able to accurate, accurately describe a, even down to the dent that was in the back bumper. Um, then there was Bobby Lee Jones who was a cellmate of Otis Tool and this was a big thing in kind of nailing tool down for the murder but Jones said that Tool told him in 1982 that at a con- about a construction site that he'd taken a child from Hollywood to and apparently Tool was able to remember these landmarks from Hollywood Florida that were accurate there was also a 12-year-old girl that had said that Otis tried to push her into a shopping cart at a Kmart a couple days before um, but apparently, at the time, Tool maybe wasn't even in town, so that was never confirmed. And then the last one is Mary Hagen. So after America's Most Wanted, the, the episode of that show about Adam's case in 1991, after that aired, Mary Hagen reported seeing Tool inside Sears with Adams. She then said, Hey, I saw Tool there. Her nineteen ninety-six description of Tool's mannerisms, including his cockheaded smile, and of Adam's beach sandals led Mundy, who is the investigator, to believe that there could be a prosecutable case to pin Otis in the murder.
0: And there never was a case that actually came up. No. Yeah. No no prosecution, no no guilty verdict, no nothing. We're just saying that he did it in closing Mm -hmm. the case.
1: Yeah. Oh, and something of note. um, In 2008, when it was the official decision that Tool was Adam's murderer, it came after Tool's niece told John Walsh that Tool had confessed on his deathbed in prison. So it was after Tool had died. It was after, like Lindy had said, 27 years after. Yes. And
2: one of the things with that um is he was known for recanting his confession anyways so he did confess on his deathbed like jasmine just said it was to his niece he confessed to killing adam but then a detective came and visited him after that right before he died and tool recanted again but he was deemed incompetent at the end of his life so
0: so i got a little sound clip here this is from a cnn um Newscast that's taken place a couple years back, probably around the time that the case was closed. And this is a, actually Otis Toole when he was asked. This is not, he's not on his deathbed on this one, but this is one of the times he recanted. So let me play this here.
3: Two years later, a miserable drifter named Otis Toole twice confessed to killing Adam and twice bragged he made it up. That Adam Wolf case isn't uh, ain't true. What is it? I didn't, I didn't do that case.
0: And there you go. That's what Ugh. he sounded like. Kind of creepy, ain't it?
2: He is so, I honestly don't even know if he knows what he has and hasn't done. Right. And if he really has killed that many people, he probably doesn't rem- remember anybody. Because when they were asking him initially about Adam, he couldn't describe Adam's hair color or clothes. And during his first confession, he couldn't even identify Adam um, from a photo on yes. from missing person flyers.
1: Yeah, he said that he thought Adam was a blonde-haired kid with curly hair, and that he was wearing dungarees and mittens. Adam mm-hmm. Walsh is not a blonde. He's a brunette with straight hair and was wearing shorts. Yeah. And it's no very, one,
0: very odd. No one wears yeah. mittens in Florida. It's warm No. Down there.
2: Uh-uh. <laughs> mittens are fun, though. Okay, so some other issues or some other things to note. Okay, so... When Tool first told people that he killed Adam Walsh, that was his first confession. He told them one day after the story about Adam aired on NBC. So some people think, well, he saw that. And then immediately the next day was like, oh yeah, I killed him because he was trying to get perks. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing is he claimed he buried the body near mile marker 126 of Florida's turnpike. And they actually searched the entire vicinity and turned up nothing And then authorities learned that Tool may have been fed details about the case by a Jacksonville detective who was trying to cut to cut a book deal with Tool, which is super messed up. But Mm -hmm. Brad or Jasmine, maybe you know about this, but I remember them reading something about how they he was able to identify or to tell them where the head was. But then they found out later that somebody had showed him a picture of like the crime scene and it had something about the location like actually written on the photo. So it was like, he could have just right. Like pretty, they were leading him
0: pretty much all the information that he was able to provide was there. He mm-hmm. kind of had access to that information to use it and go. And there was reports of police that were trying to persuade him into doing stuff. And you, you know, on police interrogations when they happen and the, a little bit different back in the 80s. When they get you in a room and they're going, did you do this? Did you, we know you did it. We know you did it. Why don't you just go ahead and confess that you went ahead and did it? And right. it, it, It's been known to lead people into, so you took the kid and away from the store, right? Yeah, I took the kid away from the store. And mm-hmm. they can lead people that way. And, I mean, that's a possibility. I don't know. But I know that does happen in real life, or. Mm-hmm. not as often as that you did before, but it's one of those things. So could mm-hmm. that have happened and some of that stuff that we just weren't privy to the information on it? It's a possibility somebody could have let him off. And then later on down the road, he's like, yeah, I did that thing yeah. there. Yeah.
2: And one more thing about Otis before we move on to Dahmer. So Jasmine had mentioned the car. So Mm. they actually had taken carpet samples from the car because there was blood found, I think, in the back seat on the floor. Mm -hmm. And DNA tests weren't available then. But in 1996, a detective wanted to use the testing that we have available now, but couldn't because not only was the carpet not only were the carpet samples missing, but the entire car was missing. So no DNA testing on the car
1: was ever able to be done. Did you see that what? just blows my mind? I'm sorry. I like totally interrupted, but how do you lose a car? Well, Such negligence.
0: It's one of those things that I, I don't have it ever up here right now, but I believe it was just written off as evidence that they didn't need. Somehow there was paperwork that was done and it just mm-hmm. got destroyed. So mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One of those things that happens again, bad police work at one point in time.
2: mm -hmm. Like that's not the only instance of that. And this case, I'm sure we'll talk touch upon a couple other things as we go on.
0: So did you see the pictures of the supposed bloodstain in the back of the car that people were going, look, it's a face.
1: Yeah. I was looking that up all day today, actually, because it's fascinating. It's a phenomenon called pareidolia Mm -hmm. where essentially when you look at, you know, when you can write like emojis on your phone, but it's not the actual emoji, you use like a colon and like a parenthesis mark or something. Right. The way that our bodies or our brains can interpret that as a face, that's part of this. But what's even more horrifying is that about the blood stain, as they made um, Reveille, I think John Walsh also was there, but they definitely made the mom look at the blood stain. And to see if they could identify if she could identify that Adam's face was somehow pressed right. up or imprinted or anything, and she like recognized it. What? I cannot believe so they asked her to do that.
2: It, it's one she of those things that she did. Re- she, she said she did think that it maybe was that. But that's yeah, also one said of those that things it's
0: like his face. Like, okay, look, I want you to look at this picture. Do you see your son's face in this picture? Yes, I saw it. You told me I'm going to see it.
3: Mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. like
0: if you're looking up at the sky and you're like hey does that cloud look like a rabbit to you well now <laughs> it does didn't yeah. a second ago it looked like a freaking cloud but yeah it looks like a rabbit to me <laughs> Yeah, but <laughs> like right. that's yeah, how that works it's one of those suggestion things like I can tell you hey look at that and you're going to see it oh my god Jesus is on this toast
2: oh yes yeah, <laughs> yeah that's that, exactly Brad what? that's because Jesus was on that toast oh, wow. and <laughs> it was real
0: get behind me Satan <laughs>
2: not today Satan
0: okay sorry okay so yes Google it look for the picture and you'll see it and there's literally one of the pictures out there actually has like a little sticky note uh, that tells you where to look at Mm -hmm. in case you don't see it it tells you where to look Mm
2: -hmm. but I mean I guess it's possible I mean it's not too
1: far fetched right
0: yes because I Uh, think it's probably a boot print well
1: Yeah, the boot print would make more sense.
2: You know what it is? It's um, uh, Mickey Brian, uh, <laughs> Mickey Blue, Blue, whatever the hell his name is. Remember that dirt he got on his boot? He forgot oh, yeah. that he was in mm-hmm. that car. <laughs> he was in Otis Tools' car, and that yeah, was his transfer. Mm-hmm. Refer to episode one to figure out what that inside joke is about. Yes, that's
0: <laughs> probably the truth, too. It's like, oh, that's I had to stop and write my feet off on this car. <laughs> All right, so on to Jeffrey Dahmer. How's he fit into this thing? Well, oddly enough, Jeffrey Dahmer was confirmed to be living in Miami, Florida, starting in 1981 after his honorable discharge from the Army. I talked about that at one point in time also. Miami is about 20 miles south of Hollywood, Florida, and 140 miles south of Arrow Beach. At the time, he was working at Sunshine Subs, and... If you want a really good sub, go to Publix. they got really good subs if you're in Florida. (laughs) Um, Not surprisingly, he was also sent home for drinking because that's what he did. He he drank a lot. According to fellow employees, Dahmer had access to a blue delivery van that many witnesses said they had saw that day that Adam was taking outside the mall. Mm -hmm. Now, witness statements that point towards Dahmer. we got a couple of those here.
2: I think there was seven, actually, right. like, eyewitnesses. I don't know if this lists them all, but I read something earlier that there was a total of seven. Well, mm-hmm. I'm
0: going to go through what we have here, and I actually have uh, audio from two of the witnesses. So mm-hmm. we're going to go with uh, Janine Warner said, said she saw Dahmer near Adam Walsh that day. She was also, if you look it up, there's a darkness radio um, it's a podcast It was on that did an interview with her, uh, I think last year. This is really good. Look up darkness radio and Adam Walsh. You'll find a whole bunch of stuff. Timothy Pottenberg claimed that he saw Adam and pulled into the blue van that day as well. Janice Santa Massano. Sound good to you? I nailed it. Okay.
2: Santa Masino. Santa <laughs> my last
0: name is horrible, so... She said she was at the mall that day and saw the illegally parked blue band. She also claimed to have seen a disheveled band inside matching Dahmer's description. If you also look at the artist sketch of the person who they're looking for, it's a dead-on thing for Dahmer.
2: Mm. According or, to Brad, I, I'm going to put it in the article, and I do the picture, and I kind of think it looks like Dahmer, but it could also not be Dahmer.
0: And that could also be pareidolia, too. I'm, I'm going to tell you it looks like Dahmer, <laughs> so you're going to see him. <laughs> it does not look like Otis Tool.
2: Otis. Just stick to Tool, it Brad. It does, does not look
0: like that tool. <laughs> okay. Philip Lohr reportedly saw the uh, Blue Park van illegally outside Sears Toy Department as well that day. So I have uh, audio here from Willis Morgan and Bill Bowen. Then this is Ooh. part of that other CNN uh, interview that I had played earlier. So here we go.
3: It
1: starts with the two witnesses at the Hollywood Mall.
3: He looked at me, and when I didn't answer him, he got this crazy look on his face. One of those witnesses who says he saw Dahmer is Willis Morgan. He has never spoken on camera before about the person who confronted him as he stood in the Hollywood Mall the day Adam was kidnapped. And then he came into the radio shack, and he came right up to me about arm's length. I could have reached out and touched him. And he repeated really loud, like he was standing 15 feet away or even more. Hi there, nice day, isn't it? When Willis ignored the man, he walked away. Willis was suspicious and followed him. I followed him right to the toy department. I saw him walking into the toy department. The toy department at Sears was where Adam's mother had left him to play. Willis went to the Hollywood police to report his encounter, but they never interviewed him and Willis didn't realize who he had seen for 10 years till he saw a newspaper story about a serial killer being captured. I was freaking out. I could hardly function. I, I couldn't work the rest of the night. The face from that paper was Jeffrey Dahmer, the guy who confronted Willis, the guy he followed into the toy department. Because I knew this was the guy. That's the guy you saw? At the... Oh yes, absolutely. That day, around noon, a little after. Bill Bowen was walking into Sears about the same time Willis saw Dahmer go in there. Bowen, who has also never spoken on camera, saw a man and a little boy struggling. The little boy was saying, I don't want to go, I'm not going. And he proceeded to take the little boy and literally throw him by one arm into a blue van and then he sped off. Bill assumed it was a man and his younger brother. But like Willis, he reported what he saw that day to Hollywood police. However, nothing came of it till 10 years later when like Willis, he saw a man's face in the newspaper. That Sunday in 1991, when the picture of Dahmer came out, it hit me like a baseball bat. Two witnesses who believe they saw Jeffrey Dahmer at the mall the day Adam was kidnapped.
0: All right, so there you go. That's their own words on there, seeing what they saw. Wow. I mean, you know, Bill Bowen went to the cops, and they're like, I don't give a care. We're not going to talk to you. Or Will Mm Morgan went to them. Either way, the cops didn't want to talk to him about it. Mm -hmm. That's eyewitness testimony at that point in time, that could have been used as in some way, yeah. but it never and, was.
2: And I think Jenny Warren, the first person that you had mentioned, the first witness, I think she was also one that immediately called and said, yeah, Warren wasn't shown, oh yeah, she said that she had contacted the police in 1981, and mm-hmm. in the initial weeks of the investigation, um, there's no record of her tip, Um, and she wasn't shown Dahmer's picture in a lineup in 1996. And then Santa Messino, another one that you mentioned Mm -hmm. was never even contacted by authorities after the, after they gave their statement.
0: Right. And that's the whole thing. It's like they, you go to the police, you say, Oh, I have information on this and no one cares. And they don't listen to you. Now, granted, there's always a possibility that this is a high profile case. Mm
3: -hmm. It was
0: all over national news could have been getting a whole lot of tips coming in saying, you know, oh, I saw him, I saw him, I saw him. But if you have witness accounts from people going, I was in the mall that day, Mm -hmm. those should automatically be filtered up to the top and away from all the psychics that are telling you everything, and those should be down at the bottom.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially when you have, well, they maybe didn't have record because they didn't keep record, but some of them were recorded that they did send in tips or give reports of this stuff immediately. So it's some of these people, I mean, it's like they they reported this stuff right away. It's not like they're just pulling it out of thin air 10, 12 years later.
0: Right. Yeah. And- it's
1: really upsetting that I, I feel like at this point the police were so fixated on Tool that they were just dismissing anything that wasn't him, even if it was someone like Lindy had said they called immediately afterwards. Not that they had waited a couple years or seen that special about Dahmer.
0: Yeah, I, it's one of the things. If you have somebody that admits to it, okay, we're going to go ahead and stop right here and go with that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of not good work. Nope. So, no. So uh, nope. another thing about Dahmer is the Sunshine Subs Manager, Hubert Sr., gave Dahmer a job. Also, he remembered the blue delivery band that they used for Mr. Pizza. He also recalled the day that Dahmer showed him a body of a dead man behind the store. Yep, that's <laughs> right. this dead man behind the store, hanging out like you do. Dahmer's name is on the police report of that incident 20 days before Adam's disappearance. The medical examiner's office ruled the death was natural causes, which it could have been, mm-hmm. you know, homeless but- guy out in the sun.
2: Yeah, but, like, what a coincidence that Dahmer works there. I mean,
0: right? I don't know. Exactly. And, you know, while Dahmer also said he never killed children and didn't want to rot in prison, who would admit to that if it meant a death sentence? Because you're in prison, right? Even mm-hmm. if there's no trial, as soon as it comes out that, hey, I was the one who killed that little kid that's been all over the news that y'all have seen also he wouldn't last long at all there's a reason why they separate pedophiles from you know general population
2: and Dahmer wanted a death sentence though because he was saying that he he was saying well he didn't this is my biggest issue with Dahmer is that there i don't think he killed anybody under i think his youngest victim was was it fourteen?
1: Yeah, thirteen or fourteen.
2: Mm-hmm. Um. So I don't know about him abducting a six-year-old child, but he had said that he didn't want to rot in prison, and so he would, um, he'd admit if it meant the death sentence. I mean, I don't know if that's true. It's Dahmer, but. Mm-hmm.
0: But who knows. I mean, you can't really take the word of a cannibalistic serial <laughs> killer as gospel. <laughs> you know. But why
2: not, Brad? I don't understand. No,
0: you shouldn't do that. It's not a good (laughs) theory to do. If he said he, maybe he was lying the fact that he wanted to die. You know? There's a difference between going to the death penalty and having it done in a humane fashion to Mm -hmm. actually having yourself tortured and beat the shit out of by prison inmates and you may or may not die.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and actually, so another plug for another one of our episodes, I think it was to, was it last episode? Two episodes ago, mm-hmm. right? We did the, um, an episode on little-known facts about Dahmer, and there's details about his, uh, his killings and his death and all that if you're not familiar with him.
0: So I have one more audio bite to play, okay. and this involves uh, one of the sheriffs that does believe that Dahmer did it and an FBI wit- uh, investigator who
3: does not. I'm convinced he didn't do it. Captain Mark Smith has reviewed every document in the Adam Walsh investigation and is not swayed by the two witnesses who told us they saw Dahmer that day. There are people that saw, say they saw Jeffrey Dahmer. There's more people that say they saw Otis Tool. But former FBI agent Neil Pertel, who interviewed Jeffrey Dahmer about the Adam Walsh case, has a different conclusion. I said, uh, Jeffrey, tell me the truth. He he looked away and said, honest to God, Neil, I didn't do Adam. Bertel said his years of experience told him Dahmer was lying about murdering Adam Walsh. In interviewing him, I believe he's more than a possible suspect. He's much higher than that. Probably responsible in my mind.
0: So that's what the FBI agent said. You know, he thinks it was based on his knowledge of everything that he's done. I don't know. I'm... I don't know. I'm not convinced it was him at all. I find it interesting that he was in the same area, Mm -hmm. which just goes to show that there could be a lot of weird serial killer people around you at all times, and you just don't know. All right. Yeah. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah.
2: They're in your closet right now.
0: Right. And I have a quote from uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson that (gasps) kind of sums up a lot of stuff. And he says, no matter what eyewitness testimony is in a court of law, it is the lowest form of evidence in a court of science. Mm. There is no real, yeah, we didn't get DNA tests. We didn't get a lot of stuff. There's no real hard science behind any of this other than things, so, which leads us to Adam Walsh's head. Now, there is a lot of weird things that go on with this. Mm. And in one of the articles that we'll have linked from a couple of years back, it is, is there more to the Adam Walsh story, which is an interview with, with author Jay Harris. <laughs> he is
2: an author. Hey, he His is, name is just Arthur, Arthur, know, Arthur Arthur, Jay. That's
0: where I got thrown off a little bit. So <laughs> he goes on and he has done a lot of research into this whole thing. There are weird things that are missing. So, the medical examiner who made the idea announced it really quickly after the child was found, and as if it wasn't that much of a disputed issue, because you also got to remember when they found and brought it in, all the cops and stuff. There was a lot of them that were saying this is who it is. The, so that he was already presented with, you know, this is who it is. He knows all about it on the news. Now, how they figured out it was Adam was supposedly based on the, the dental chart, which shoulder molar which had a filling in the cheek side of the mouth of the child found that was a visual ID that was done at the morgue by a family friend of the Walsh's at the time when the head was found the Walsh's were up in uh, New York doing a guest appearance on Good Morning America to ask the national audience for help in looking for their missing son when the news came in that the body had been found they stayed there and went on the air next day though Now, the managers and everything else, they said, you know, y'all can go. Go home. Do this. And they didn't do it because they weren't sure it was him. Now, here's what John Walsh said. Well, amongst many sightings and reportable possible clues of Adam, they have found the remains of a young person in Florida that at this time they are trying to identify whether it is Adam or not. At this point, they feel there is a good possibility it is not Adam. Therefore, Mm -hmm they felt we should come on and carry on the word of Adam to the public because there is a good likelihood that he is still out there with his abductors. In that the, makes sense. In the book that Adam Walsh, not John Wash wrote, his friend John Mohan was at the morgue for them, did not immediately recognize the child as Adam. He made the ID only after asking the medical examiner to open the mouth, and he saw a small emerging tooth. That is what the ID of Adam Walsh was done
2: on—a
0: mm-hmm. mm. tooth that was emerging.
2: And you'll see the pictures of, um, and you can dig more into your own, re- like do your own research on this because there's a lot that goes into the whole teeth thing, but. Mm-hmm. The, the picture of him with the baseball bat and all of that that was circulated. I think that was taken a couple of weeks before his he was killed and uh, kidnapped. So he has his teeth are completely missing in that one. He had just lost them, and I think it was decided that they would have the one, the one tooth. I think the left one or something mm-hmm. would have just started. Growing back or something, they they get in people get into like the real specifics of yeah those teeth.
0: Oh, definitely, there is a whole thing on just the tooth alone, on how fast it could have grown in and everything else. And one of the friends of Adams had said that the week that he saw him before it had all happened, that he was still missing his two front teeth. And in the picture that you see, he's missing two front teeth, but those pictures could have been taken like the month prior or, or whatever. But there is a whole thing on on the UpRocks article that we're going to link to that actually goes into that point where they he goes in and he talks to medical examiners that were in Florida at that point in time. And they didn't use x rays or any of this for identifying who it was. Like, okay, so if an adult dies, we're gonna use medical records and uh, dental records for x rays because you can match those up to fillings in your teeth and everything else to, you know, fingerprint it basically. And they didn't have any for Adam, so they weren't able to do that. Where the molar, I mean, where the cavity was on that side of his mouth was a common place for kids. I got one there, too. Because, you know, Mm -hmm. if you're a kid, you're chewing gum, chewing candy, you're going to put it in one side or the other of your mouth and just kind of let it sit there next to your teeth. And, you know, that way you can make it last longer. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And as they're going through the idea about the – tooth growing as much as it was. like Basically, it went from not being there the month before to almost fully put in. He had uh, medical examiners, dental uh, people, who said there's no way that could actually happen.
2: Yeah. Mm. My only thought was could the gums, because of he his head wasn't found for two weeks after he was killed, I don't know what happens to the gums after death, especially if it was in water. Could they have receded? Could it have it may have altered. They would have the receded. Yeah, they would. How long?
0: Yeah, yeah. They would have receded, but the soft tissue would have gone back. But it's still not going to. The tooth isn't going to grow after you die. Mm-hmm. It doesn't keep growing. It, it's done.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. But the gums. But like we don't know, and they could never match it
0: right. because
2: I think it was something the author Harris that that Brad mentioned. We'll talk about him more in a second too. When he started investigating, he was looking for Adam's dental charts because, you know, the Mm -hmm. pediatricians or whatever would have had like records of dental records for him whatever. I think there was four dental charts that were all missing.
0: Right. Mm. Oh. And basically, yeah, the medical examiner he spoke to said the match that they did was good enough for a presumptive ID and not a positive ID. If they had dental x-rays, it would have been a definite ID because they could have matched up but they didn't, there was no note in the files that dental x-rays were even requested mm-hmm and yeah. there's the whole thing about the autopsy report as well that was supposed to be written within ninety days of the autopsy and sent in but it kind of never was
2: yeah there was there is no autopsy report
0: right and yeah the they've tried to get in touch with the a medical examiner, Dr. Wright, to see if he has it. He won't really talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's an article on that. You can actually find that in the Miami Herald if you look back far enough. There's a, you know, an article written up just on the whole missing autopsy. Mm-hmm. There is a mm-hmm. lot of strange things that went on around this whole entire case. And I that's it's that's part of the thing that gets me on that. If this could have still been, I mean, it would this have been Adam Walsh's head? There's a possibility it was somebody else that they just didn't find out. I mean, there's missing kids all over the place. If it was never that well investigated, there was no DNA or nothing, then very well could have been another child and we never know because you know i mean a lot of kids go missing and a lot of kids were missing without dna or anything else like that we can't really tell Mm -hmm. uh there's also the other weird thing that the head was actually it was actually stored by the police for 27 years before it was released and there's a whole thing about that uh release form of you know how you sign in and out evidence and stuff like that. And that really never kind of made it on the books either. It's a lot of weird stuff. There's not a good paper trail on what happened when it was checked out, basically. Uh -uh. So I don't know. I mean, I can go with the fact that the washes accepted that it was tool Mm -hmm. and they accepted the head was Adam's because one, everybody told him there's no need to look for it anymore. You know, they don't want to look for it. There is a lot that went on during this whole entire time. Since then, I mean, John Wash has done some amazing stuff mm-hmm. and you know, you get this a lot when people lose children, they go through a lot of stuff. They focus on things and he focused a lot on America's most wanted, did a lot of good, but he also went through a lot of trauma during mm-hmm. this in time. There was a point where he had to listen to recordings of other children screaming just to make sure one of them wasn't <sighs> Adam being murdered.
1: And, yeah. I, I read about that and it was basically cause in the, um, film version of this case that came out, there was a scene where the entire sound just like goes out and you just see like the horror go through the, um, actor's face but mm-hmm. that's acting i just cannot imagine what would go you have to listen carefully and closely to try to pick out your potential son's mm-hmm. screams that would never i would never be able to come back from and that. then yeah. even
0: after you listen to that then you're left with the fact that no that wasn't my son that was somebody else but that could be happening to him also i mean and yeah. this is actually you know when he was missing so That's like, Mm -hmm. that's seriously mind fucking right there. That's enough to make you just lose your damn shit.
2: No. Yeah. I have a young son. He's only two. And the fact like is so was really hard for me reading about all this Adam Walsh stuff and even thinking about that. I mean, it makes you sick. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, it gives me the chills. Yeah. It's,
0: we had a, uh, there was side note. It happened, I don't know, about 10 years ago. Uh, Tracy's daughter was living in Virginia beach and she was actually going to St. Louis to see somebody and she got there and she's supposed to call us and all this other stuff. And I, she called us when she got there, I think. And then later on down to a couple hours later, somebody called and said, Oh, I found this phone on the side of the road. <gasps> we about lost our shit. <laughs> and it was literally one of those, Oh my God, we don't know anything about this person they want to see. And you know, found a phone on the side of the road and that was bad enough right there it was ended up she was fine and she actually did just lose her phone but (sighs) it's still one of those you know you don't know enough i mean it's a lot of crap Mm -hmm. and that was nothing even compared to what he went through and tracy was a mess for a while
2: yeah and i and i think i mean unless you've actually gone through this i mean you're never gonna understand you're never gonna understand but we don't. We don't. We hope that we don't ever have to. <laughs> right,
0: and, and yeah. that's a good um, enough reason for them to go. Okay, it was it was Tool who did it, and it was Adam. I'm. We're good with that. We are satisfied with that. And I mean, yeah. that's fine. I can understand mm-hmm.
2: that. Yeah. Wow. Um. So before we dive into our our own theories, I know Brad's got a theory that he's going to have to convince us of because I'm not sure about it. I do want to bring up one more. Point because this is something that's really interesting and you can look more into it later if it, if it's something that you that you think is is interesting. I think it's a bunch of BS, but there's a theory out there that Adam could still be alive, and what it, it really stems from is this author Arthur Harris that Brad mentioned already. He was also the author of the Miami Herald uh, article that we mentioned. So. There was a guy that he never disclosed his real name, and Harris just called him AW Adam Walsh. But he said that he was actually a grown up Adam Walsh. Mm. So, this theory is about Adam not dying, and this random dude, um, saying that he was him, which I don't know. So, Harris said that he took that this AW guy took the Spanish name of his adoptive family and he works in the family's business somewhere in South Florida. So the whole story with AW, according to, to Harris was that he supposedly, um, This A.W. guy was supposedly kidnapped by Dahmer from the old Hollywood mall, taken to a house in Miami Beach, which is where Dahmer was living at the time. There he was abused and tortured for days and eventually blacked out. A.W. says he awoke in a Miami hospital, unable to remember who his parents were or what happened to him, but was brought back to health and adopted by a Hispanic family whose natural child was another Dahmer victim.
0: Okay, so. Here's where my <laughs> bullshit meter goes off right here
2: yes okay. what why I don't understand
0: I, well let's just let's just start on he was taken to a hospital oh look it's a kid hmm well, I wonder <laughs> if there's been any missing kids lately no we we're good let's take care of him so, I mean <laughs> of all the places it's like you dropped him off at the police station <laughs> you know it's that's pretty much it if the nurses and no one else in their child services blah 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 li- Big list of people do not notice that this kid looks a awful lot like that one that's been missing. That's been on TV.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: that's, that's just where I'm totally brought out right there. I, don't I
2: mean, know. Brad, your logic is just
0: silly. I know, <laughs> but it's the the interesting part was the friend of uh, Adam Walsh's who talked to him.
2: Yes, so Arthur talked to. Dahmer's former military roommate, Billy Capshaw, who we talked about in another episode, and a former friend of Adam's from when he was a kid. His name was Frank Sortini, and he was like a T-ball teammate. And Capshaw said that AW described to a T some of Dahmer's tics and intimate behaviors that only someone who'd been close to Dahmer, would know. And Sortini, the friend, confirmed to Harris that part of his conversation with AW revealed details about their childhood that Adam only Adam would know. But again, the only place that you're going to find this information is in Harris's book. So it's not like it's corroborated or expanded mm-hmm. upon anywhere else.
0: And a lot of the information, though, I, I don't know when exactly he met with him because we know it was like years and years later, right? Yeah, right? This is all the stuff that anybody could find it's not i could reveal details about their childhood that pretty much um, it's all out there
2: yeah i mean it's he's, not like you can totally discount it but i think that all three of us would probably agree that this aw person right. is probably not adam walsh
1: and <laughs> he's, he, like, was, he was one six, of the things that apparently this uh, aw guy used as a way to say that he was adam walsh was that he gave the name of the little league uh, teen that he was on when he was younger and apparently that was information that no one else would know but again we had already mentioned that the picture that was circulated ab- about Adam when he was first abducted he was wearing a little league jersey like yeah, a big mean, thing yeah. and then also if you're someone who is convinced that you are someone else you're going to research the crap out of everything possible mm-hmm. so you will become convinced that you know every little single detail because you would have gone out and found everything and thought about it enough that you could convince yourself that's your own memory and your own knowledge
2: yeah and he could have been friends with somebody who was close to the case or he could have been friends with somebody who was friends with adam really was friends with adam as a child and just picked up on this information there's no further research about this or any other information so i mean if this was legit if it would have been explored. And I guess the, the cops did interview this AW person mm. and they like respectfully like let him say his thing, but they definitely dismissed him right away as that not being true. So,
0: Well, I mean, mm. if you're taking over somebody's life, you're taking over a six-year-old. So that's not that much stuff to go on. I mean, you don't have to do a whole ton of research. It's not like you're going, you know what? I got somebody running around saying they're me. <laughs> yeah. I got yeah, a lot yeah. of history to go on. There's six years old. You got about, you know, a good three years of usable stuff. <laughs> right right
2: yeah but i to say that that whole thing is problematic to say the least hey,
0: so maybe these are related to john teeter <laughs> do you know who john teeter is no oh, one day one day i'll have to tell you about the time traveler it came back from 2036 and started posting on bulletin boards in 2000 2001 Claimed oh be, for heaven's
2: sakes uh, uh, no, i'm I, down for that
0: uh, it's it's very kind of cool actually
2: <laughs> okay. So, okay. I think we've got all the basics. I think we know, you know, obviously do your own research if, if you want to know even more, but I want to know your theories, Jasmine. I want to know yours first because Brad's, well, actually Brad, you tell us yours first because you have an alternate theory and I, and maybe you can convince Jasmine and
0: I, right. I have an alternate theory. so Florida is a really messed up place. I grew up there. <laughs> So there is all sorts of crap going on, and especially in in that period of time. I mean, if you look at this, we had two serial killers living within a good vicinity of each other. Mm -hmm. I just go with the thought that it wasn't Jeffrey or Otis. Otis. It was somebody else. It was just somebody who either, A, just never came up in – the search for him, you know, maybe did his thing. It was it was a pedophile or somebody who, you know, decided to take advantage of a kid and just was never prosecuted for it or never got caught or was a one-time-off kill or something like that. You don't really know. And so that's who I think did it. Now, what happened to the body? Granted, he may have decapitated a kid, but you can throw – if you live in Florida – you know if there's one thing, it's that any body of water has an alligator in it. Oh, my God. Uh, seriously, every body of water that you see in Florida, there's an alligator probably in it. Mm-hmm. And alligators eat dead people. Mm. Uh, it's not a big thing. I mean, I mean, it happens. Google alligators eating dead people. You're going to find stuff. There was actually like two of them that were munching on somebody like not too long ago. Oh, no, 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 no. So you can easily dispose of bodies – by that. May have cut the head off, may have, you know, had it for some stupid reason and maybe it could have been one of those things like they have uh was it up in New Jersey or wherever where they have people that that one area where body parts just show up. So what? I actually Well yeah, there's we'll go over that at some point too. Yeah. But yeah, it could yeah. have literally <laughs> been like just I'm gonna chop this body up and feed it off to, you know, put it in different spots where, you know, they will never be able to put it back together. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it was. Maybe they'll be able to find them and do it. And an alligator just ate it. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a simple way to get rid of somebody. Yeah, it's forward. like
2: if you're getting lost in the bayou, you ain't never gonna be found.
0: Right. As you, if you're living down by the Everglades, which isn't far away from mm-hmm. there either. I mean, you could right. take somebody in the Everglades, drop them off. It's done. There's there's things that going to come eat you. Yeah. And that's what I go with. I don't think it was either of them because you know, Tool recanted. He lies. Dahmer could have done it. I, you know, at one point in time, I really thought Dahmer did do it. But the more I thought about it, the more I looked into it, I don't know if he did it or not. I can't guarantee it. I just don't really believe it as much. Mm-hmm. I think it was. It would make more sense if somebody else did it, because that's a possibility. It's just one of the, you're more focused on these other two people, and it's just like anything else. This is a cold case of somebody who was never caught, mm-hmm. and they had somebody who admitted they did it, and they just kind of went on that and said, okay, cool, we're just case closed. We're good with that. You said you did it. That's awesome. Uh, the parents believe it. We're good to go. We've lost all the other mm-hmm. shit anyhow, so, you know, why not? <laughs> so that's where I stand at it. What about y'all?
2: I think I'm going with the boring answer because I I do think it was Otis' tool. Um, mm-hmm. I did think it – so <laughs> – just to let you guys know, because this is the type of person I am, I uh, I have a murder notebook yes. and a crime notebook, and I made a chart, and on one side it was Dahmer, one, time, one side was Otis, and I listed all of the, like, <laughs> I shouldn't call it pros and cons, there's no <laughs> pros, but I was, you know, yeah. trying to figure out, like, if this fit their MO, like, what made sense. Uh, honestly... For one, I I do think it was, I do think it was Otis. I really do. Um, I know there were a lot of people that said that they saw Jeffrey Dahmer as well, but we can't discount the people that said that they saw Otis, even from the beginning, they identified his car. There was blood in his car, although we were never able to get a positive um, DNA test on it. And I really do think that John Walsh, his full belief that Otis did it, I think really means a lot because Mm -hmm even with all the trauma he went through, I think that if he thought someone else did it or that there was a doubt that Otis about Audis, I think he would have pushed for them to pursue other avenues because that's the type of person he is. Mm-hmm. And especially if he thought it was neither Jeffrey or Audis, you better believe he would be pushing for a further investigation and for them to be looking into more avenues because that's, that was his passion. That was his life's calling after this. He wouldn't, I don't think have he wouldn't have wanted to to let a random killer off the hook running around like I I really think that his belief that it was Otis um I don't know that that does a lot for me and also the Jeffrey thing with the blue van so that's what gets me that so many people saw that blue van um but I will say that in one of the articles that I read the owner of sunshine subs said that they did not own blue vans at that time, that they only had trucks. Um, and I, and you know, a couple of employees said that there were vans, so you don't really know, but it's, it's really hard to tell in this case because there's so many recanted statements. There's, there's evidence that'll never be able to be tested. Nothing will ever be conclusive. I mean, they're never going to be able to prove it. Um, but I think I'm, I, I think I believe that it was Otis Tool.
0: Well, John Walsh did actually push him to look into the Dahmer theory when that stuff At did first, come out. yeah, yeah. So I, I yeah, I'm, it, I'm going. I'm good with whatever he wants to believe. That's fine. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily yeah. what I believe, but it's not. I don't have to believe it. Yeah. yeah,
2: but Brad, do you believe that the head was Adam Walsh's?
0: I am not a hundred percent on that. I'm like fifty okay. fifty on that one. Okay. And it's one of those things I'm 5050 mainly because of the medical examiner's ID on it. You know, it's you're basing it off of one thing. Mm-hmm. There's no definite base on, I would want to actually know unless I unless I just totally needed to put that out of my mind. I'd yeah. be like we're 27 years later when they still had the head and it wasn't buried or anything. You can do DNA now. Let's do some yeah. DNA. We're right here. We're good to go. We can do it. Make sure hundred percent. And I'm case closed. I'm good.
2: Yeah. And, and I think with this, there's so much that we probably don't know that like John and rave Walsh and other people involved in the case probably do know oh, I'm, because even yeah. with all of the missteps and the, I think that they they do have plenty of reason to believe that it's Otis. I mean, it's never going to be proven one way or the other who it was. But I just feel like they wouldn't have
1: said it was Otis if, I don't know. I don't know. Jasmine, what do you think? I I just think that if they are do think that it is oddest, it's a way for them to have closure after all these years. Because my theory is very similar to what Brad had said um, about it being just a random, whether it's a drifter or a random psychopath or something that saw an opportunity and took it with Adam Walsh Mm -hmm. only because there are a lot of things that don't match up to Dahmer's MO. Yes. The fact that Adam's head was decapitated. Sure. That's a thing. Yeah. But Otis also also probably did that. Like Otis killed people Mm -hmm. in a million different ways. Yeah. And then ate them. And, it's just there's just too many things I had brought up way earlier that it would be convenient if it was Dahmer. And then Brad had said it's not so much about convenience because it's not really because the facts don't really line up to match uh, Dahmer's past murders and everything. But I think what I'm just more interested in about is all the things that kind of came about after this case and like the legacy that happened with America's most wanted, the Amber Alert, everything like that. So for me, honestly, even if it was Revee and John, they had to come to terms with maybe the head isn't Adams, but this is a way for them to close the book on this chapter as well as get someone as horrible as Otis Tool, like forever labeled as the murderer of Adam Walsh. That's mm-hmm. kind of a two for one.
0: Yeah. No, I'm I'm totally done with that. Yeah. I disagree with you guys, but it's fine. Well <laughs> two against one, so you're out you're outnumbered.
2: <laughs> okay, but I'm I'm super smart when it comes to this stuff. I know everything. Oh you have a murder notebook. Yeah. I have a murder notebook. Mm-hmm. Mind you, I don't think I had an opinion the last two cases we talked about. It. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> whatever okay do you guys have anything else that uh that you think we should add about this this case
0: i mean that pretty much covers it i go over the articles that we got posted on the site go check those out read them up and see what you think let us know what you think on it there's a lot of stuff there there's tons of stuff that we didn't even touch on There's Mm -mm. so much stuff, but if you check out the articles that pretty much will give you everything that you need to know, make an assumption on that one.
1: Make a murder notebook chart.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes. Do that.
1: (laughs) Yes. And if you do have theories you want to share about Adam Walsh's murder, or if you just have a case that you want to suggest for the show to cover, you can comment in SoundCloud or on Pure Fandom. You can also chat with us directly on Twitter. Jasmine at Blueberry Jelly. Lindy at Lindy R. Smith brad at Z B, and you can find pure fandom on twitter instagram and facebook
2: yes and thank you guys so much for joining us for this case until next time for jasmine and brad i'm lindy smith and you have been listening to pure murders and mysteries that's it for this episode head on over to purefandom.com for more awesome content